Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Batch Bros, episode five. Uh, we're here to talk to you about uh, Claire and now Tasha's season of The Bachelorette, where the Batch Bros, we take an analytical, serious, um, intellectual look at the Bachelorette series. And of course, we're a couple of brothers who just enjoy talking about the show. Jeremy, how you doing? A sports-like approach to The Bachelorette. Right. I, it's not like, I guess it's not like an athletic approach, you know? Right. So, so maybe no. sports is the wrong word? No, I think it's right. Okay. <laughs> um, so today we're talking about Claire's uh, maybe final episode, final appearance on this season and the uh, basically mid-season reboot of Tasha. If you guys have listened yeah. to the show or watched the show, you know what's already happening. So we don't have let's, to really... Uh, let's start calling it Tasha's season. It's Tasha's season. We can, we, can, uh, <laughs> yeah. we can make that executive order. Uh, Tasha's season. Episode one. Let's Tasha's get into season, it. Episode one. I want, Jesus, I want to start this by, um, by saying that I think Tasha, there is a complete renewal of energy and presence. Yes. And like, this is the way the show is supposed to go. Fully correct. It was a breath of fresh is the wrong word. Cause it's, now just like a real season of the bachelorette it feels yeah. like but it was nice to like after four episodes of like by the end being like oh man when is this gonna end and like this is getting super annoying uh to get like into some actual bachelorette stuff where like the person is invested in meeting everyone and dating everyone and getting to know all the guys uh and not like locking into a guy the moment he gets out of the limo and yeah like I thought Tasha did a great job of like being the bachelorette as crazy as that is to say. She, she's doing an amazing job and she's so cool and down to earth and smart. And you know, one of the things yeah. I noticed, you never hear those little conversations of like, where are you and what do you do? I, at least I've never seen a season where that was the conversation. Like, you know, I think back to all those first night dates and I might, one of my criticism has always been like, where's the small talk? But you saw, I believe it was Riley be like, so what do you do, Tasha? And where are you from? And then she was like, so what do you do? And where are you from? He's like, I'm from New York. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Riley, who's a lawyer who like does multiple types of case law, Tasha's answer, which like, by the way, I think on Colton season, she had like a quote unquote real job. I can't remember what it is. We should mm. look it up. But her answer was like, I travel like for work and yeah. pleasure. I was like, oh, you're an influencer now. She's cool. an influencer. Yeah. Great. Right on. Uh, do you. Uh, that was pretty funny. Oh, and it's it's kind of fun because that's like inner. She's like inner um, bachelor canon now. Like you have yeah. this new era of like, <laughs> oh well, I was a contestant on Colton's Bachelor, and then I was a contestant on Paradise. So yeah, now I travel and get paid a lot of money to post about dresses and stuff. And I'm yeah. sure Tasha's face doing masks and yeah, face masks like um, some such things. The every single guy, you know, their reaction when Tasha walked in that room, they just all were like, "Oh my god!" And again, just yeah. the energy you exude when you had that sort of positivity, what do you think about, what do you think Tasha was thinking when she walked in there? I think she, she was not ready for them. Like she was like shit kind of shell shocked. but I will say it's crazy to like a be thrown into this in any situation, but B like middle of a pandemic, like come down here and quarantine immediately. Like we need to know now. Okay. Like here's a bunch of guys who were just in love with another woman 10 minutes ago, not a ideal setup for her. Uh, but she like 
10 minutes in, like had her rhythm already. Like she was already commanding court. Let's go talk. Okay, now it's your turn. Chris Harrison being like, hey, I got to talk to you, which then became surprise limo entrances, which I shout out to the production crew, A, to pivot off of Claire because they clearly saw the writing on the wall and were like, this is not going well. And like, if we do this for 10 episodes, it's going to be the worst season ever. Mm -hmm. So they were like, let's wrap this love story and let's do another one and more traditional. And by the way, what does a bachelorette get on night one? She gets limo entrances. That's the show. That's part of the canon. We want to see that. That's part of the fairy tale. And we got it. And I thought that was really cool and great that they gave her some new guys who didn't have a vested interest in Claire. Not that all these guys did because she was so locked in, but the Blake Moynises and the Jasons clearly, you know, are, are having a harder time getting over Claire than some of the other guys. And she got some new guys and she got her limo entrances, which was great. And by the way, three of four, uh, sincere one stunt. Uh, so we'll see how the stats hold up was, next week when these guys that, uh, go to their first rose ceremony. It's I was technically doing, a night one. I was doing, I got 14 days free trial of YouTube live, as you know, shout out YouTube hold live, on. maybe yes. our sponsor. YouTube TV, yes. YouTube TV. Um, and I was able to watch live and I was saying this on the Instagram live. We are not sponsored by YouTube TV, but we would could, be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, shout out YouTube TV, use our code batch bros for 10% off your next website. Um, you know, I was saying that Spencer's entrance is the perfect entrance. It is non-stunt. It is that was exactly what you described as the perfect entrance. entrance. Like from our episode, exactly how you described it. What I love hands, eye contact, yeah. What all all the pieces. What I loved about the entrances is that, you know, and this is how I feel about so I feel like the guys who existed there already, the energy they had when Taisha first walked in was that (laughs) of was that of people who had just watched game footage and they were like, Oh, that's what I was doing wrong. And they now re-enter the game knowing how to, knowing how they look when they stand and knowing where to go, because you see that energy with Zach J you see that energy with Joe who on night one was nervous with Claire, but on night one with Tasha, he slow dances with her with no music. You see, you see Zach J who sees that it's a long game. Zach J not threatened by the fact that Spencer is like a good looking boring a good-looking guy. Um, you see Zach J with the slow burn. I, Zach J's in your team. I think he's going far. I think Zach J's going to fucking win. I could see it in his eyes. Zach, Zach has rallied like the Phoenix for yep. this new second season. Uh, we should shout out Hank, our fellow Batch Bro, who had Dale on his team, uh, who won season 1A. He now did. we're into season one B where I will win. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah. Again, my but, also uh, <laughs> theory is that Tasha doesn't, and she doesn't leave with anybody. Right. Well, we're going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to follow up on that as soon as we know the result. But um, yeah, you know, to me, it was like a, a couple of interesting things. One, these guys getting a new bachelorette that couldn't have been happier and the energy exploded and everyone got to do their night one thing. And yeah, let's slow dance. Oh, let's throw a thing in a fountain. All those were great little bits. Uh, I think really strong. And you could just tell it was like, everyone like the oxygen had been put back into the bubble like as if as if the ship had been leaking oxygen and the alarms had been going off and um i think also interestingly and this is the sizzle from next week which they sometimes cut up to be clever but yeah it does seem like these new guys are also going to ruin the like the the house was very like bromance like these guys had all gotten very close clearly because of the covid environment and and also they then bonded over no one being able to date Claire besides Dale and hating Dale. Like Ed and Jason were like going at each other in the sizzle. I'm like, okay, now we're going to have some conflict in the house. Like, I like this. This is good. 
It's good on all fronts. Well, you know, because, you know, the most in filmmaking, uh, to remind you guys, Jeremy and I are both filmmakers. When you make a movie, you should go shoot your production and then you sometimes have pickup days where you have to shoot something that you is missing from the story. And there is nothing more efficient than a pickup day because you know exactly what you need and where it needs to go in the movie. You can do a lot. What we have here is a first where the producers had a pickup day, but with the talent. They, these four guys are hyper specific sniper right. shots of what <laughs> who needs to go where into the house. You got one guy who's gonna instill more conflict. You got yep. one guy who's probably gonna maybe go far. You know, there's four for a reason. These are the four missing pieces of the puzzle and you know that their impact is going to be something because it's this, it's this, it's this predetermined um, yeah. new twist. It's, it's hyper controlled. So you're absolutely right. And you know, to speak to what you were just saying about how close these guys are, I actually wanted to point out that I loved, and we've never seen this before in Bachelorette history, the camaraderie and the emotional sensitivity of the way these guys treated someone like Jason. Yeah, that was cool. When he was leaving, they were all like, bro, we we understand. We wish you the best. And Yeah, that was great. Like, look at that camaraderie, man. That was great. By the way, let's shout out Jason. I thought that was an incredible high-level move to Mm – choose to remove himself both for his own emotional health but also uh in being fair to Tasha and her experience like that was the opposite of everything we'd seen in the first four episodes with Claire and the guys versus Dale and the way she, the way Tasha handled it and you get a little hint of her being like I was worried this was going to happen and yeah. but then it's quickly you know Jason quickly is like every guy in there is here for you but yeah if I was and he's Jason, right yeah, if I was Jason, I would have been like, you know what? Go to producers, Video Village, have them play you the clip from the night that Claire and I had, and because they didn't. And you'll understand why I'm leaving. <laughs> you'll get it. Like, nothing I can say here will tell you better than the show itself. Well, you know what? A, Just watch episode one. Why didn't they? I actually wish they had shown more flashbacks footage to remind yeah. the audience of like, yo, this dude just went through some shit. I <laughs> honestly think they were like, people are sick of Claire. It's probably why. Ah. That like, because they're like, Tasha's gonna have to talk about her. It's naturally part of the storyline. Like, and by the way, I'm glad they're not ignoring it because that is a big factor of like, I don't want to be second choice. And these guys, these guys were here for two weeks, falling in love with this girl, or trying to at least. And yeah, so like to me, they wanted to do the last, the final rose thing. Which by the pacing of the episode, very strange. It was like, let's intro yeah. Tasha, yeah. and then it came back and it was like, let's pause that, and it's behind the final rose. I was like, oh my god. About? Yeah, what do you think was happening there? I don't. I think they just didn't know how to naturally fit it in because they didn't want to start the episode with more Claire, and it was just like fuck it, we'll just do it right after the the like first night of like meet and greets. Um, so I think let's let's just wrap out Claire and Dale real quick. Sure. Uh, any post mortem? I have a bit of follow up from last week. I have some follow up last, too. Last, last week we talked about. Uh, you want you want me to go first? Go first. Last week we talked about uh, is she the best or worst bachelor ever and argued both sides because, you know, technically the show is not as entertaining, but also all that entertaining stuff is really the obstacles to find love and she is the quickest to find love. This is from Chris Harrison uh, in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, if the goal is to fall in love, then you definitely can't say she did a bad job. She may have done the greatest job ever, exclamation point. If you are angry or mad, are you mad because she fell in love with somebody? And are you mad because she's following her heart? It's her life and her heart. So Chris Harrison defending the choice uh, in the aftermath, mm. uh, which I thought was super interesting and kind of agreeing that she perhaps is the best bachelor ever in that she found love in the shortest amount of time. 
And as of the filming of that final rose, they were still engaged. So. Yeah, well, let's talk about that final rose thing is real quick. I have some stuff basically last night on, on Instagram. If you guys follow us, we do sort of engage live and this, I was able to take some polls, Jeremy, and I think you're gonna find this interesting. Mm, um, right. So, you know, during that sit down moment, I was focusing quite a bit on their, just their, their words and their faces. And, yeah. you know, I asked the audience, um, what percentage, you know, does Claire love Dale or does Claire love the idea of Dale? And 95% mm, of super people, interesting. yeah, 95% of people said that she loves the idea of Dale. Well, okay. she, she said that she was talking about like the concept of a man who is there for her. And like, he's that he fits so the right, image. Dude. She, she was literally looking, said, she literally right. was saying what you're saying right now yeah. in different words. She, she said she could, she essentially without knowing that she did it, admitted <laughs> that she loves the idea, the concept of Dale. Um, it's crazy, dude. It's then so I asked a question, does Dale know Claire? And a hundred percent of people said that Dale does not know Claire. So what do you mean by that? What is, I, what do you mean? Dale it was a shot of Claire? Dale's face and it was him just kind of like listening. And then I was like, does Dale know Claire? Does Dale understand who Claire is as a person? And that was my question. And 100% of viewers said that Dale does not know Claire. I then asked, are they going to get married? 96% of people said they will not get married. Wow, um, 96. Yep. Is Dale you, going you know, to talk? You have a, a significant following on your Instagram. That's from a lot of people. Is Dale going to talk? 100% of people said no. Um, and the final thing I'll leave the stats with is I said, what is actually going on between them in that scene? You know, is, are they in love? Are, um, is Dale, um, is Dale in love? And some of the answers I got real quick are they're in love with love. Um, yeah. it's all lust and infatuation. Also maybe some COVID era dependency. And yeah. then, um, is Dale just in a complete hellscape? That's the only thing that makes reasonable sense. So, yeah, to me, the, uh, my vibe was everything you you said is correct. Uh, they have not gotten to know each other at all since the show ended. They seem to be in the exact same, like, no small talk and let's hook up because we're sexually attracted to each other phase of their relationship, the honeymoon phase, as we call it. And, uh, yeah, like, I saw nothing new. And to me, this is a classic, he was the best option available. And Clara was like, let me get out of here before the drama possibly takes this away because maybe this guy could be my husband because he ticks the boxes that she mentioned and the, that you're talking about. She ticks the ideas she had for her husband. What about when Chris Harrison goes, what's next for you guys? And she goes like an insane, like acting like an insane person goes babies. Dale's reaction was priceless in that moment. Who says he, that? Even he like wasn't even there. He like didn't know what was happening. Right. It's crazy. That's, that's the theory, man. Is that Dale is. So just let, of, let's, yeah. let's talk about this. Cause you brought up Chris Harrison, uh, you know, once again, pushing the narrative, and I was watching a bit of your uh, Instagram and you have talked about, I think you talked on the pod last week about how Chris Harrison should be the one responsible for defending her heart. Let's talk about that. Cause again, you have him defending her in a post season uh, article here that I just yeah. read. Uh, we had him pushing once again, more like future love milestones, let's call them for Dale and Claire to their yeah. face. Uh, is that Chris Harrison's responsibility to protect Claire? I don't think it is. I, I'm not sure you're correct on this. Uh, and what I mean by that is like, he's the host of the show. 
Like it's not his responsibility to protect the bachelor or bachelorette from heartbreak. The show is about a love story and within a love story, there is heartbreak and it's only up to someone's own self, how much they want to open up and therefore open themselves to heartbreak. So to me, the host, and yes, he's an executive producer, but again, that doesn't make him responsible for protecting her from heartbreak. I think in my opinion, you disagree. It's a fascinating question. And my counter to you is, okay, I hear you. But what is Chris Harrison's role then? Is he, if he's allowed to control the narrative, which we have to then ask ourselves, does he control the narrative? Then what responsibility does he have? You know, you're, you're right. As you said that to me, Jeremy, you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe he doesn't need to warn Claire about heartbreak. But if he's allowed to... Um, Interesting. If he's allowed to pressure Dale to get engaged, then, yep, he should that was crazy. Be, then he should be responsible to warn Claire of the fact that they're moving quickly. Or That's he, fair. If he's allowed to switch up the show and introduce new characters, if he's allowed to yeah. summon new new men, shouldn't he then be able to? Uh, yeah. Like, what is the I, listen? Here, here's what I think. Uh, I agree with what you're what saying. What are his powers? The, <laughs> that that is what the question we must answer, right? Yeah. The here's what I think. He has stepped outside his role as host. This is very <laughs> interesting. He has become the engine. And we saw it in the Brendan date, which they were doing this like insane, insane bit where he like kept running around the hotel to like be a salesman of different like. Jeremy, he was time traveling. He was teleporting from place to place. Unbelievable edit. But um, shout out the editors. But uh, also all the Dale and Claire stuff. And then here's what I think. This guy has become the omniscient narrator of the Bachelor franchise. And what I mean by that is, a la the narrators from classic films, he knows everything, he can help give context, and also perhaps he is an unreliable narrator in that he is now pushing events of the show that may not have happened without his influence. So he is both a character in the story as well as the narrator, and therefore has become sort of this chaos engine that pushes the drama forward. And all of it, by the way, on camera which is not something they usually do. They usually don't let us in on the secret sauce, which has been cool to watch. Because, yeah, you're right, because... Ooh, I love this idea of Chris Harrison as a narrator, and maybe we have to do an entire episode about this, but, you know, a bonus episode for our Patreon supporters, but, um, you know, Chris <laughs> Harrison subscribers. is... He does, he does say things to the camera that the characters do not know, therefore making him an unreliable narrator to, Correct. to, the, to the life of which he's controlling. And my question, Jeremy, is, again, trying to define what his role is in the show. In, when you go film a nature documentary or you yeah. take photos of wildlife, you're not supposed to interfere with the dying polar bear. You know, um, I don't, be, I believe that's the rule. Like, you know, it's like, you don't, you, when you go and photograph and capture nature, you can't interfere, but then yeah. some argue your very act of existing there is interfering. So is Chris Harrison allowed to interfere? Um, you know, obviously if something's, <laughs> if there's people having a fight, you break up the fight. But right. if something's which, going- by the way, Riley and Spencer almost came to actual. Yeah, they almost like I've never seen like actual animosity on that level. Over, that was like, crazy personality. Yeah, but but like, the Luke P shit made sense, but that was wild. Do you do the opposite after an hour? Do you do the opposite right, which is when you basically do you pick up the lonely polar bear mm. cub that you know is in isolation and put it next to the female or male cub to ha- eventually have them fall in love? Like, what is his well, divine? That's a super role? interesting point. And I think, you know, interestingly, the Star Trek rule also applies here of first contact where the Federation is not allowed to interfere in the 
development of primitive societies that they discover as they travel through space, right? Wow. And uh, that's because they have intergalactic technology and yep. warp drive, and these civilizations do not. And to bring that technology to, you know, a Earth level or even a prehistoric civilization would immediately forever alter the trajectory of that society's natural development. So in this situation, is Chris Harrison the love guru federation advanced uh, has seen 50 plus seasons of various bachelor formats and knows every single possible thing that can happen in a love story, especially one done on television. And should he not be interfering as he has been in sort of a advancing the technology of these primitive quote unquote love stories that are just developing who have not necessarily had 60 plus seasons of we experience. Got you know what? We got to do the whole bonus episode. We should go look at instances wherein Chris Harrison's role was instrumental in either going good or bad. And, yep. you know, one thing I even was thinking about in this episode, um, which brings me on to the next point is during that water polo scene, or I guess water basketball, um, you notice that sometimes they'll do interviews during the actual game because the guys were still wet or something like that. I wonder how often producers will pull aside guys to do interviews. Imagine yeah. you're a great, imagine you're a great interviewer and you actually have all these great clips, but you never get time with Tasha because you're always being pulled aside for the fun joke. Like I've always the, been super curious about the timing of those. Yeah. Uh, I think they call them ITMs, which stand for like interview in the moment or something. Holy shit! Uh, you. Okay, but. Um, <laughs> You we believe should, that's should, definitely what it is. That's really impressive uh, that you knew that. A, fu- <laughs> yeah. a future guest for this podcast sounds like someone who's worked on the show, and we can get into the super granular. But I think Jeremy, uh, which we would episode on Chris Harrison's involvement as uh, unreliable narrator is certainly something that we should start yeah. to explore. Yeah, let's do a bonus. I think that's a bonus app, is what that sounds like. Um, I want to get to my other point now, what I wanted to ask you, which is yes, regarding the bachelor as a, you know, one of the things of the show we do is try to look at the analytics and the sport, you know, sportsmen, like is the bachelorette just one giant competition. And specifically what I mean is the use of competition within competition, every season, mm-hmm. multiple episodes, we have a basketball match or a water polo game or a, yeah. you know, uh, um, these events where literally you have Chris Harrison acting as a judge with one of the other people. What do you think the role of competition is um, yeah. in the show? And particularly as it demonstrated in what we saw last night's episode, which was the basketball. Yeah, I think it is and it isn't. Uh, and it's a great question. And also, by the way, they are quickly running out of dates in the bubble. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like Colton season, private helicopter down the coast. We've closed down an amusement park and there's an orphanage here. Yeah. Like this season. Water basketball. basketball. <laughs> like water polo? No, water basketball. basketball. <laughs> and also, here's a speedo. Um, the, it is a big competition, obviously. It's designed as a dating competition. There are 30 men dating one woman in this case, the Bachelorette. And, but it also is and it isn't. In that, two examples. One... They, were, they made this big deal of like, oh, the winning team gets a barbecue with Claire. And I thought for sure that that meant, oh, they get the... Yes, sorry, with Tasha And that meant, sorry, I have PTSD. And that meant uh, that the they would have the solo drinks with her. So it would be a smaller group setting like they've done in the past, like they did after the dodgeball, right? But all of a sudden, we didn't see any of that barbecue, which it allegedly happened. Oh, and great. then literally the losing team was there at cocktail hour. 
like a, and able to get the final uh the the that date rose and by the way easy who was on the green team who lost water basketball got the date rose and literally i did i thought he was not even going to be at that group drink really good catch by you i didn't even realize so, that it's super interesting because like there are no rules. Like even when they say there are rules, right? Like yeah. we saw like in rugby on Hannah B's season, like uh, Luke P literally cheating so his team could win. Yet still they got the the date. Kelly on Peter's season in that relay race for the private flight with Peter, like literally cheated, and it doesn't well, matter because like Jeremy, the do competitions. You know do you know what you're don't saying? Don't actually matter. The competitions are a way to create drama. But at the end of the day, all that matters is who the bachelor or bachelorette. Dude, you're making a really amazing point, which is that cheating is the way to win the show. Dale and Claire cheating the show. Luke P was in front runner for way longer than he needed. He cheated. Look at Spencer, who I don't think is going to go far, but Spencer, like, you know, chips his tooth. And who gets to be, you know, it's the same for one on one time with the bachelor. One on one time with the bachelor. Are you okay? And that's classic. And we've seen that so many times in in culture. We've seen the beat of person gets like small, okay injury to get the attention of the person who's the love interest. Crab cakes and football. Crab cakes and football. Oh, Jeremy, does it sting? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like we know that. Ah, it's all right. It's all right. Ah, but it's like, yeah, dude. it's literally out of a rom-com, which is amazing. Um, I want to, yeah, I mean, and then of course, Spencer and Taisha having this, again, Dis, uh, ABC reminding yeah. you that it's a Disney show with the fireworks at the end of the day for amazing. them. We've seen countless times uh, the extra time, all of it arbitrary. Listen. There's a reason people say, oh, the Bachelor producers are so fucking good at their jobs. Mm-hmm. Because all of this shit is arbitrary, mm-hmm. but it is a way to create drama. And the way they create drama is they get in the ears of some of these guys or on The Bachelor, some of the girls, and they say, hey, you should do this or this would be good. And that creates a thing that doesn't matter to the love story between Tasha and the next person, but it creates external events to beat against that love story, right? Uh for example, you and I have this theory of like, you should never air dirty laundry with the bachelor bachelorette, right? right? You should never go up to Tasha and be like, hey, I got to talk to you about Blake Moynes when you're Zach. You should go up to Tasha and be like, let's focus on uh, yes. our relationship, right? Yeah. You never want to get involved in the drama. You're asking to derail whatever pace you've built with the bachelor bachelorette at that point, which is why, you know, going back to the Claire cross-examining everyone about Dale after the after the roast. That's when I was like, this shit's, a, this shit's a wrap. She doesn't give a shit about making a relationship with any of these guys. She's literally just accusing them of, of basically uh, making fun of her boyfriend. Like, yeah. So like, you never want to get involved in the extraneous drama. All of that is machinations to you know, stop you from having a clean love story. And Claire, by the way, has been on the show and she knew it and she was like, let me get out of here as quickly as possible so that it doesn't get ruined by the drama of the show. And like, by the way, we're, we're done look at her. now she's engaged. Yeah. Uh, you know, and to just sort of, uh, that you're so right. And just sort of get to the end of that, which is that you look at a date like Brendan and, and Tasha. And first off, I, there is something both charming and, and interesting about Brendan's like weirdness. Like he is weird. And like, I got yeah. what she was saying when she was like, is this the way you are? Or like, you know, and he's like got this like quirkiness where it's like like when she said that she was married after he said that she he had been married, 
Yeah. I thought his reaction was super calm. I mean, if I had found out, oh my, I would have been like, oh my God, wait, you were engaged Yeah, too? the whole thing lacked like any sort of exclamatory like reactions. Yeah. Right? I, I thought it was super interesting in, and everyone's journey is different, but you and I are both, you just turned 30, I'm almost 30. You and I don't know anyone who's gotten married and divorced before 30, which no. both Brendan and Tasha have. Which I thought was How very is interesting. She's thirty as well. No, she's not. He is thirty, and I think Copy. she's a, she's a little bit younger. I think she might be twenty eight, twenty nine. But um, don't quote me on that. But uh, yeah, I just thought that that to me is like it's interesting, and also I think for them, they know what they don't want, right? So I yep. think that's probably the, they didn't say that, but that's the subtlety of what that conversation is about, right? Yeah, we both have been in relationships that didn't work on the highest level. And we know what we don't want. And let's see if we can explore what we do want together. So they look like they're going to be a strong I mean, couple moving it, forward. It, yeah, look, look, it's, it's as we figure out what it takes to win this show, you look at a guy like Brendan, he is attractive. He's the, well, he's the best dressed guy on the show, in my opinion. Yeah. He's relatively normal. He's not going to start fights. He's not too big of a personality, nor is he too small. He's quirky and weird, but also he has a similar shared history emotionally to someone like Tasha, And as we just saw with Dale and Claire, the more you had that similar history, because for some reason, The Bachelorette and The Bachelor is so obsessed with our past and less about our future. I mean, these people are always connecting the dots in terms of, oh, we both went through this together because we lived in the, you know, no yeah. one cares about the present. No one cares about what they're going yeah. to be. It's always where you're coming from. And in, in this show in particular, and I do wonder why that is, that's another whole thing we should talk about one day. But, you know, Tasha hears that, I, of course, Brendan's going to go far. You know, Brendan's a top four guy, maybe even a top Feels two. Feels that way. Feels you know, like, like, like yep. so, so it's, it is interesting. It's just, it's so easy to pick out who is going to be going far. Yeah. We're getting so good at this, you know, and it's, you know, what's you know, interesting. I was just going to say a la Tony Romo, who, if you watch the broadcast that Tony Romo uh, commentates, I think CBS, he played quarterback for so many years at such a high level. He literally knows the plays before they happen wow. so much so that like after the first season, they had to like have him tone it down a little. Cause so he now, was giving a few spoilers. Now he kind of just implies what's going to happen yeah. a little smarter. Um, and he's just amazing. I, I think I could tell you right now who the four Tasha, assuming we, we get the normal f- finish, which is four hometowns, three fantasy suites, yeah. two finalists and a winner. I think I could tell you all four and break down all the way through. Maybe we'll write down, our predictions and see okay. and see who cracks it best. Yeah, we'll do a prediction. Uh, not of- to get into to yeah. potential spoilers here, uh, and that's and that's not research. That's just pure instinct and and having watched this show and knowing how these journeys go. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for Tasha. This is it's a breath of fresh air. Back to back to basics, as they say. We're back. We're back to basics. We're back, baby. <laughs> it's got. It's also weird because it's you know life works in weird ways. They shot the show months ago, but yet in the American geopolitical landscape we're also getting back on track as a government and having someone who is a breath of fresh air is there a correlation between trumpism claire and tasha and the biden administration kind of more than you think you know like more (laughs) like you know uh, i'm gonna abstain from this well no my point is like the world is coming back to normal seemingly. There's news of vaccine and the bachelorette is coming back to normal we have someone who's here for the who's just and kind and Right. And also entertaining. And yeah. we're all still in a pandemic. So that all tracks for us. Yet 
to see them have a little bit of fun feels good because we're all trying yes. to look for the bright spots right now. Have a fun summer, as Tasha said. That's um, right. Let's have a fun summer. Hags, as she said, have a great summer ha- from hags. the old yearbook signature. She's also uh, very funny, by the way. She's very funny and like witty. Good. She's really good. I think this is going to be a great, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. Jeremy, what, uh, who's the crew member of the week you're going to shout out? Uh, do you know yours? Um, wait, I do. Hold on. Wait, I just wrote, oh yeah, I do. I have mine. Yeah. Why don't you go first? So I noticed in the first 20 minutes of this episode and the bachelor likes to do this a lot. If you guys watch closely, La Quinta is in Palm Springs. It's very hot there. There's a lot of fountains at La Quinta, Mm, almost like, you know, every 20 feet, there's a new fountain or a river. Three of those first conversations were shot sitting next to a fountain. Um, Same fountain, you think? Different fountain. Maybe different fountains. I don't know. I Maybe different yeah. fountains. Same round. But, um, but if you're a sound person or anyone from production, rule number one, you don't go yep. next to an active fountain. Yet, Running alas, water. here we are. Uh, so, here we are. Time so my, and time again. My, my shout out goes to both the boom op and the sound mixer and post-production sound mixer who made that dialogue good. You know, audible. Very Not easy good. to do. Uh, shout out to them. They did a great job. Great mix. Uh, you know, weirdly, I, I, I don't want to do repeats on this because I think it's fun to keep uh, finding new people to yes. shout out. Weirdly, though, I could both go Chris Harrison and the lifeguard again because they were both very active this week. Oh, you're but right. I'm going to go the set medic on the spot for the what we as soon as they were like water basketball, I was like some somebody's getting elbowed in the face. It happens every time in the history of water basketball on every level (laughs) in every pool in every country in the world somebody is getting a lip into a tooth of course it was spencer because him and riley we were having words and set medic was there gauze went in taisha got her moment as they did their work and dude was back in the pool not not worried about blood in the water they fixed him up quick great shout out to them uh, we don't want any Jaws situations with blood in the water. So, And just because we have to. I also think it's worth shining out the pyrotechnics team behind that firework mm. show. Great firework show. Really good. That's not easy. to do. You don't, just, you don't just go in the desert and hit up fireworks. That's a team. <laughs> I was going to say, you could easily start a wildfire. You know what You know what was a great moment from that fireworks show to wrap on that is uh, going long shot to the dudes yeah, back know. at the compound. Genius. That was one of the and best. Being like, they're having a moment right now. Yeah, they're definitely having a moment. I love and that those beat. two bros were having a bit having of a moment. moment. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, I think it was That's easy, right? Was it? I, so I, I was like, we could that, the, the editors could be the crew member of the week every week. They're unbelievable. Yeah. Let's just give them a shout right here. The idea of that they're all in the same location, almost like a Truman Show type situation, where they see the fireworks. It's like inner cannon of like, oh, there it goes. You know, like it's the Hunger Games, but really the opposite. <laughs> it, it's very like they're all in the same bubble, seeing the same yeah. things, right? The dates are all on site. Super fun. Um, uh, thank you for listening. Another great episode. Yeah, another great episode. We appreciate you listening to the Batch Bros podcast. Uh, of course, feel free to write us in. Um, and uh, we look forward to discussing next week's episode. We, uh, our crack research team, aka me, <laughs> didn't have time to do engagement stats this week. So you mentioned Claire and Dale's engagement. We'll follow up on how often. Uh, an engagement leads to a marriage on Bachelor franchise next week. Thank you, analyst Jeremy Millman. I'm Jonah, and uh, have a great day, guys. Goodbye.